welcome to the Drive Time Newsblast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, the Colonial Pipeline saga continues with a dramatic turn. They've given $5 million to the ransomware hostage takers. And the ripples flow through D.C. and beyond. Binkley, give us the latest on the gas shortage in Georgia and parts south. They gave $5 million, so they actually paid them? Yes, that's the story. I don't believe a word of these stories at all. I do not believe that something of that value is that vulnerable to hacks. Just like airplanes, jetliners, whatever, they have redundancies, they have systems, they have stuff that's not connected to each other so that it cannot fail. I don't believe it. Furthermore, it's not like they actually had the thing shut down with that. It was out of their control. Colonial has been in control of this the entire time. I don't believe a word of it, but the shortages are real, are they not? Yeah, they appear to be real. And the reason they're real, according to a Biden administration official, is not because of the policies are shutting it down. They're real because of the hoarding. And they're asking people not to hoard gas, not to even fill your tank up all the way, because that is why we are having problems with the supply. Is oh, the so hoarders. it's our fault because yeah. we're a bunch of jerks. The panic. They're trying to focus in on stopping the panic. And they it, there's an illustration of this panic in a story from Georgia today out of Griffin County. A man, he's a 25-year-old. He was caught on camera, surveillance camera, drilling holes into the tank of a parked U-Haul truck stealing the gas during this ongoing fuel shortage. He was only able to get away with about five gallons of gas, and he spilled the rest. So there's probably a lot of environmental damage over there as well. <laughs> but they, they have his photo up on their website, and they're, they're looking for him. And officials said, we know that there is a shortage on gas, and we just want to remind everybody to exercise safety, patience, and common sense, and that the shortage is temporary, and the gas station should be returning to full operation very, very soon. So that along with gas reaching $3 average nationwide, the highest in seven years. Panic mm. around gas. Well, the the cyber attack, there's a lot of different elements at work in these stories, and I want to hit a few of them. The cyber attack stuff is a big part of it. Klaus told us that our, we're worried about pandemics. We should also be worried about cyber attacks. We saw that. He's talked about it at the World Economic Forum. There was another article today about the D.C., police hack where they asked for a million dollars in ransom the police like you told us countered with a hundred thousand nothing's been paid yet but the news today is that the hack was much more extensive than originally thought hundreds of people's information is at stake and not every element of the story could be verified but that's what they're reporting on fox news can I say something about that story along sure. with that first story you introduced it seems that the takeaway message here is terrorist we're open to negotiation absolutely i mean we talked about that yesterday you cannot negotiate with terrorists because it just makes it worse so i predict that this is going to spark an avalanche of these crises so the cyber attack doesn't even have to take down the grid in texas or cause gas shortages along the eastern seaboard it can simply be a series of ransom takers where our dumbass government officials 
pay our tax money under these stories that are fishy. Like we're not verifying that there has to be a process procedure for this. We've thrown process out the window and we're getting to the point where with all this stuff, it's cybersecurity, it's infrastructure, it's climate change, it's crisis, it's policy by crisis, to coin a term, policy by crisis. And something interesting about it is since the target is information and the releasing of information that could compromise some people involved in these organizations, now all of a sudden we'll negotiate with terrorists Right, we might personally be at stake. Exactly. And that is, of course, the problem with government generally. Like, why do we give foreign aid? Well, foreign aid doesn't go to the foreign country. It usually goes right to Raytheon or whatever. So all you have to do if you're Raytheon to get billions of dollars of business is give a million dollars of a bribe to somebody, maybe. Like, that is the essential problem of having an agent whose interests are not totally aligned with yours, hence course of monopoly government, bad. So, but there are a few other things I have to say about the, these connected stories, and I know you do, too. The that I got a uh, something from a patron, Caitlin sent me a little article which I had not seen. It's that I think uh, maybe your mom sent it to her. This is what she said the bridge between Memphis, Tennessee, and Arkansas on I 40. I-40, which is an interstate highway, spanning the Mississippi River, just got shut down. There's a crack in one of the trusses, apparently. She says this is a major conduit through which hundreds of thousands of 18-wheelers traverse, and it will have a major impact on interstate commerce, in her opinion. Higher prices for good lo- goods, longer delivery times, supply chain issues. This is just too coincidental to ignore. They are just finding out about this. Something is is fishy here. So I asked my brother who drives an 18 wheeler. I don't know what his normal route is. He doesn't come to California, so I really don't keep up on it. But I thought if this really is a big deal, then he would know about it. So I sent him the article that I immediately verified what Caitlin told us. It was in an article. And he said, and I said, have you heard about this yet? He said, no, I probably used that bridge eight times in the last month. Wow. I'm surprised my boss did not tell me about this. One mile south of that bridge is another bridge that links Arkansas to Memphis. And I see now that one is all backed up. Wow. So this is serious stuff. And they're, they're saying it's going to be like this for a long time. And, you know, that is just not how how it works. Like That is just not how the we are way, way beyond this kind of uh, infrastructure maintenance style. We are. I mean, you think that our if you could figure out a way to make these things work properly, they should. This idea that government is incompetent, I think it's a canard. Yeah, and that infrastructure, I know we've talked about it, but it is clearly in their scopes. They want to transform it. They want a reason to say, we need data. We need a new type of infrastructure because we are vulnerable to attacks. We're vulnerable to Russia, to China, to some random actor. So we have to change our infrastructure and make it a smart infrastructure. There, yes, that's true. The infrastructure thing is all about moving over to driverless, to electric, to, I mean, to have driverless cars, you have to change the fundamental nature of the infrastructure. You have to make it smart. And I would say there's numerous prongs here on this policy, the policies they're looking for through these crises. It, and they're pushing for this smart type of data collecting infrastructure. 
on the back of stories that show how vulnerable smart technology is. It's it's right. backwards. So they had bridges and fuel pipelines long before they had smart technology. You can't hack stuff that isn't smart. Connected, yeah, exactly. Right, same thing with the elections. They're going to make them highly hackable, highly centralized. They're going to make it worse. And it, but that is so, that, my friend, is not, that is typical government. They Absolutely. create the problem. They give you the solution that wouldn't even solve that actual problem. They don't even make the problem tailor-made to the solution. It's like 9-11 supposedly was done by Saudi Arabia or Osama bin Laden and they invade Iraq. It does. They don't even try to connect the dots. Nobody is more excited about a cyber, about a smart infrastructure than people who are great at hacking. There's a smart road yeah. they were testing in Georgia around Atlanta. It was like a little stretch of highway where they were testing this new technology that collects data and does all kind of other crazy stuff. Very futuristic. If that thing, I mean, they're going to be hacking road. Entire highways are going to get hacked in the future. I don't know what they'll do with it, what chaos they'll cause. Maybe they'll stop well, lights and all kind of other stuff. Part of it, it's it, what it is, I think, primarily is two things, and which are related. Control. So they can absolutely, like your guns, gold, and a getaway, that, I think that was Gerald Slanty's thing. Like, yeah. they, they hit each one of those things for sure. And so your getaway is going to be highly controlled. You're not going to be able to have a vehicle that can wow. independently take a road that's not completely controlled. And then on, and as a part of that, they will, they are shutting down, slowing down. They're limiting human transport across borders, goods transport across borders, even information is being slowed down across borders. It's my idea that they're having backdoor fascism in the digital world will be globalistic, but our lives, our personal uh, approach, our personal access to goods and information and and um, liberty of movement will be confined. It's all, it's like the 2.0 of the deindustrialization that Cuba experienced. They were the most advanced of the countries in their region and they became the most backwards. And this was an outside job, I think. Yeah, you make a good point there. What really caught my attention, what you said there is your getaway is going to be hackable now. So it's gonna, you, it, you're, they're going to be able to just stop it the way they're stopping. Like, instead of being like, OK, you can't go here, you can't go there because of the covid or your vaccine or whatever. They're going to actually be able to prevent it the way they can prevent it at the airport, not just hackable, but like controlled according to their laws. It wouldn't surprise me if they installed some sort of smart technology on these roads that throws up the the things that pop people's tires just on command from a distance. The road or itself senses it. I actually think it. your car, because the car will be driverless and you probably won't own yeah. it. So if you watch Total Recall, like it's a perfect, I think that's the one that has Johnny Cab. They just make it pull over. It just won't go anywhere because you're not in control of it anymore. That's the driverless thing. Like you think you'll own a driverless car. You will not. It, they will all be Ubers. It'll own you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that's not the end of of what of the implications of these of the gas shortage of the cyber attacks. There are other elements to it. Chick-fil-A, for example, 
affected by the supply chain shortage. They are limiting the number of sauces, and this is industry-wide, that they can give people when they order chicken nuggets. You know, you order the chicken nuggets, they say, what kind of sauces would you like? Most most people are like Polynesian sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce. Give me 12 of them. I want as many as possible. Some people like them so much, they basically just lick the little plastic container. Yeah, you have a sauce drawer. Yes, the sauce drawer. Everybody's got a sauce drawer. Yeah. Well, Even you better, I have a sauce drawer, and I hate stuff like that. It's going to come in handy now, the sauce drawer, because now you can only get one sauce packet from Chick-fil-A right now uh-huh. because of the supply chain shortage. And they were always so generous. I, I, one of the articles I read earlier in the week about the supply chain shortages and how all different things were being affected from chips to like computer chips to fuel one of those items i'm not sure i got to it was ketchup packets because because now you nobody ever eats in a restaurant anymore you don't use bottles of ketchup everybody's converting to fast food it's all ketchup packets and there's a shortage of ketchup packets i guess there's a shortage of chick-fil-a also so start packing ketchup packets sell them on the black market maybe you'll make so that that's a, are they saying that that is a function of the gas problem or a function of the no COVID this seems to be not, not a gas this seems to be unrelated to the gas problem yeah that's what they were saying is that like there's just too much d- demand for drive-through now so like all drive-through stuff so maybe even chick-fil-a whereas they can always supply their own maybe they can't get as much supplies because there's competition at the manufacturer or their business has just doubled because n- nobody can go to like the Good restaurants. Yeah. But but is there still, are you still having gas shortages there? Yeah, we're having gas shortages here. They're limiting the amount of gas that you can get. We talked about that briefly yesterday. And some schools here, our counties are now considering virtual, going back to full virtual school if this gas shortage continues. They're monitoring, this is Clayton County, Georgia. Officials are monitoring the gas shortage issue and on the table, they had this option on the table, an option that was not previously on the table before the pandemic. You know what? If all else fails, we can just go virtual again. So we have a new solution to whatever problem arises that did not exist before this whole pandemic thing. And you nailed it. I was going to say, who saw that coming? You saw it coming. People make fun of us or whatever. I've seen people get upset that we we laugh when we get it right. And I have to say just one more time, it's not funny. Like I wake up worried and then I worry that I worry. Like I'm worried about Vax apartheid rising. I'm worried. I literally worry that I worry too much. Like, and it's really a problem. So that we're laughing about this stuff and nailing it and whatever. It's just, you've got to stay at least positive. You've got to find the humor in how preposterous it all yeah. is. It's the only way. But believe me, I'm not laughing myself to sleep at night this story if this had happened a year and a half ago then i don't know what the option would have been for school they probably they would have kept home. going like they snow de- days yeah they definitely would not have immediately gone let's just go virtual again it's almost right. like any any chance they get oh virtual they're just eager to go virtual now because they have this new solution that they love I had speculated on that exact thing, well, I should say on something similar earlier in the week, but what I did not nail was like with so, so, so much from minimum wage to virtual schooling, it's our dependency on the government providing jobs, schools, roads, stuff like that, that gives them the ability to cram these laws down Mm -hmm. 
that don't. So if the government employs 75% of the people, say they don't, they don't. It's like 25%. But what if they employed 75% of the people and they said, we won't pay anybody less than $20? That would effectively raise the wage. Or like they gave those stimmy checks. That was a de facto minimum wage right now, a very, very high minimum wage. But the government does this stuff and they do it without legislation. It's, it's like straight out of nudge by Cass Sunstein. Yeah, it is. And I think that where this might be going, you recall a story a few weeks ago about legislation passed or that was being considered in Georgia that would allow homeschoolers to participate in sports of public schools if they did one course a day from the public school. So one hour of indoctrination a day. Yeah. I feel like this that's where some of this stuff with the virtual learning is going is you keep finding these reasons to go virtual and then the conversations about homeschooling increase, the demand increases, and then the calls to regulate it and rope it into the curriculum of the public school system yeah. increases as well. I I didn't mention I don't think I've ever mentioned this. I might have because I noticed it for sure. But I've seen commercials for not lately, but I don't watch too much commercial TV. That sh- do you ever see these commercials where it ex- it shows you that if your kid is having a hard time in school, you can do K to 12 through public school system? Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? All right. So uh, maybe it's state by state. I really don't know. But I ha- I did notice that. And I wondered maybe I just saw it like uh, on a YouTube, you know, video or something, just like a one off commercial. But I remember thinking like the public schools are encouraging homeschooling. Like that's so weird to me. So this was for years I saw that. And now I'm wondering if, you know, it doesn't surprise me that this stuff is all dovetailing. Yeah. Okay. So another thing that I, 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 I speculated on this and I'm hoping I'm hoping so I had two possibilities of why the Palestinian Israeli crisis that's happening right now was treated the way it was treated. Normally in Washington Times, Wall Street Journal, whatever, very one sided. Uh, They never did I say this before, like they never write like the Palestinians had stones and the Israelis had guns like that. You find that in the like left leaning or like Haaretz, H-A-A-R-E-T-Z is like a liberal um, Israeli newspaper from AOC in, in she'll AOC. say stuff like that yes yeah I don't even think she does because she's like kind of controlled like that too but they but you'll see it sometimes maybe 21st century wire but you never ever ever see it in the journal or the Washington Times so when that's how they were presenting it right away talking about Israelis going to pull people out of their homes in East Jerusalem I mean it was really shocking and talking about 1970s and 1948 and it's like that people's like start scratching their head like what so I thought wow we're we're definitely cruising for a bruise in here we're looking for an altercation uh, for some reason is it that regardless of how they present it they need two sides of the issue they want to put boots on the ground there or whatever I don't know. That was one theory I had. And the other theory was Bibi Netanyahu will do anything to hold on to power. I have seen that. Look up the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin uh, if you want some other theories of like how he even got to power this time. And it's just he will not let it go. And finally, about a week ago, it was announced or it was clear that he could not form a government. He he was not going to be a part of the future of the government of Israel. And can I read you a, a headline from today? Please do. Uh, Bennett, who's one of the leaders of Israel, I think he 
is he one of the guys? It's like Gantz, Netanyahu, and I think Bennett, I should have looked that up, were the ones who kind of were neck and neck for the premiership. He says the Lapid government is off the table. So they were they were blocking out Netanyahu, blocking out Likud, and they were going with the Lapid government. Instead, they renewed talks with Netanyahu's Likud. Bennett says that the violence between Jews and Arabs in Israeli cities makes the composition of the anti-Netanyahu government untenable. So they cannot go forward with the anti-Netanyahu government that looked like it was poised to take control. Because even within the party, they're going anti-Netanyahu. So it's like anti-Trump faction in you know, I don't follow the foreign stuff so much anymore, but I just when you see something covered by the propaganda in a totally different way from previous when it's a break that that's a it's a new campaign and you have to wonder what the policy objective is. And I and I, I'm leaning towards the policy objective is to give Netanyahu a continued hold on power there. And Biden had conversations with him, seems to be going forward as though he will continue to hold on to power. Something that has been going on with this story that I found interesting. Oh, wait, that is very interesting because really his power has always been that he has us in his pocket. Yeah, he's got the connect, he's got the access and the connections to Right. Our and guys. now that Trump's gone, that looks a little sketchy because Jared Kushner was like literally like they were right. old family friends and maybe his access to Biden was in question and now he has an opportunity to demonstrate you lose him, you lose us. Right. I don't think there was any images of Hunter Biden smoking crack with Netanyahu or in a bunk bed with him there. So I think that no. you're, you're right there. Something interesting about the story that we do hear stories about Israel from time to time, but I haven't really seen this before. Maybe I just missed it, but I see, I'm seeing a lot of images being shown that is promoting Israel's Iron Dome and it's showing yes, how successful it is against that. Gaza rockets. And it looks like a video game. You see these rockets in the night lighting up the sky and exploding against the the dome it, it really looks like an xbox or playstation brand new video game i heard people in my own house discussing that yesterday and i thought that is weird and i wonder if they they do say hamas has been infiltrated maybe they're lighting off those rockets to uh contribute to the light show but of course yeah, well, the iron dome is a reason why we should have never have any involvement in middle eastern uh, wars at all because if we had an Iron Dome and I'm guessing that we do that we have that Star Wars technology we're really not at great risk of Assad in Syria bombing New York like I don't know yeah. but I think that we're probably at least as sophisticated as Israel or should be if we had a government that operated in good faith but you know now I'm starting to skirt the edges of my knowledge so I will stop here's what I think is could be going on here. And again, I don't know the specific details of the region. I haven't been there. But from a propaganda perspective, this is a demonstration that the other side is firing missiles and not rocks like somebody like AOC or somebody else might claim. Look, they're firing missiles at us. Our, our dome is protecting us. But this is justification as to why we're firing back. Yes, they, they do that a lot. That is a classic of this uh, it, you know, you got to wonder, Hamas definitely doesn't have the firepower that Israel has. All right. For our last story of the Free 30, we're going to answer the question, what gig did Fauci and Aerosmith's lead singer play together last week? Can't wait to find out about that. I 
like Aerosmith a lot, so I'm going to hold my breath and hear what you have to say about that, Monica. But before we get to that story, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going to be in the Patron 15, which is Catholic bishops want to deny Joe Biden communion. Monica's take on that might surprise you, and I give you a preview of Indivisible's big upcoming anti-racism training. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show. Monica, I'm going to let you take it away. Yes, this is government-scam.com. You can find a lot of stuff that's of interest to our listeners, us personally, and government-scam.com slash Monica. And you will see our some kind words I've said about the the product that those guys put out. We did a great interview with Etienne de la Boetie Squared, and I believe you can get to it through that page. You can also get a discount through that page. And what it is, is you've heard me talk about this before. It's the, he calls it the liberator. It is the book government, the biggest scam in history. And if you go to that website, you can see that you don't, you can get the hardcover book. I've, I actually purchased five copies of it to give to selected people who I think are ready to have their eyes open to the big picture of the true nature of government, at least the true nature of the government that is, has descended upon us like an iron curtain. And that is this, uh, totalitarian dictatorship, but it's for people who are visual learners, which is basically everyone does get it, you can you can be more than a visual learner, but at the basic, everybody can absorb this stuff in the way it's presented. And that's what's so great about it. You can really go. I mean, if somebody were to look through this in one hour, I feel like their eye, the scales would fall off their eyes. And it's it has uh, just visual demonstrations of propaganda techniques, propaganda ads, comparisons with previous <laughs> totalitarian regimes and how they use propaganda, calls to action, resources going forward. And if you so you get the book and that's great. And it's very, very up to date. He must like print them in small batches so that he can update like what's happening in the year to come and stuff. But if you go to the website, they can he will send you uh, PDFs, thumb drives, stuff like that, that are constantly updated. It's really, it's very, very well done and very compelling. I have never given this to anybody who wasn't really moved by it. Yeah. You no, know, and and that's the thing. So I leave it around my house. I ask people, I'm like, hey, look at this. I'll pick one thing. I'll show it to somebody. And once it's in their hands, they start turning the pages and they realize that the, the, the way government is today, the monopoly course of power is a way for the people who have that power, have access to that power to exploit our freedom and the fruits of our labor and our property for their advantage. There's two things. There's one called the economic means of value production and the other called the political means of value production. Economic means real value added. Political means you get the value someone else has added. That's what politics are. You're going to understand that when you get this book. So check yeah. it out, government-scam.com. You can see our one-hour video is great back and forth with Etienne. He also has a great conversation with James Corbett. Good stuff. Highly recommend. It is an interesting book. It, it's effective for a, a variety of reasons, the images, the, the wording, but also the context it, it provides in the comparison. We're so used to getting news pulled out of context separate from where you would actually find meaning in it. And he brings that back with this book. So check it out. And 
Also, I want you to do me a favor and head over to thepropreport.com and register your email address so that we can include you on our low-volume mailing list. This is important because the big tech purge is real, man. We've been censored before, and it's only a matter of time before we get censored again. That's why we're building the email list, so we can stay in contact with you and get important information to you in the event that we get deplatformed again. But that's not the only perk of signing up. When you register your email address at thepropreport.com, you will get access to our newest monthly feature, the Propaganda Report newsletter. Monica recently released the first one. She did a fantastic job on it. Yes, and I've got big ideas for the next one. Lots of uh, glossary terms, hashtags, book recommendations. Yep. It's going to be, and all the, every single thing that Brad and I have recorded during the past month will have links. So if you've missed any of that and you want to hear stuff, you can go. It's at thepropreport.com in the newsletter tab and the newsletter had some images from the last meetup we went to as well so a lot of oh, interesting stuff of those. yeah great yeah so we're gonna a lot of fun stuff and useful information will be in the newsletter also while you're at propagandareport.com check out a very cool feature called the press pool the press pool is, is like all like our alternative to Twitter, where you will find like-minded Propaganda Report listeners sharing headlines and commentary with each other and with us, all without the Twitter trolls and censorship. So we have a highly engaged community there that will welcome you in with open arms. So get in on the action, click press pull at the top of the page. And if you're like my brother, if you like to just do your work, he's a mechanic, he just likes to work and then press play and listen to all the shows on constant repeat. Well, we have a feature like that just for you. We have a continuous player of all of our free content on the website as well. So if you like that, then you can check that out. Thank you, as always, for your support and for listening. And now on to the final story of the Free 30. All right. So let me tell you about this. I, I, I heard about it and I just didn't follow up on it. And then it kept like nagging at me. There was a council last week that was hosted by the Vatican. They invited Fauci, Stephen Tyler. Is that who is the Aerosmith diva guy? Yeah, the guy who dresses like his daughter. Well, she dresses like him, but yeah, (laughs) he is quite the princess. I saw him at Jazz Fest, not I think the last time I was at Jazz Fest, and boy, was he fussy. He was yelling at people and everything. It was very... He was a bit mm, of a diva. He was, totally. Anyway, so that kind of turned me off, but... Uh, he, I've always, you know, oh, and I went to a Music Cares featuring Aerosmith recently. Yeah, that's true. So I've what got is that? Uh, Music Cares is the best one I ever went to. I've, I've only been to two, but I really wanted to go to the Tom Petty one, and then he was dead the next week. So next year. So that's a bone of contention between my husband and me. He usually takes me. It's a, it's an invitation only thing. The first time I went was it was Bob Dylan, and he was getting the award, and all the money raised goes to charity, and they have different artists playing selected songs of the person who's being like it's a tribute to that person so bob dylan was there he gave a 30 minute speech about defying expectations and the fact that he was showed up at all and gave a speech defied expectations yeah, there you go. but it was <laughs> insane like at the table next to us was bruce springsteen bonnie Raitt, crosby stills and nash or whoever's left of that like at the table next to us and uh you're not allowed to take any pictures it's very very cool and last year not as cool or the year before whenever the last one was it was aerosmith was just not quite as cool as the bob dylan one uh anyway that was why is steve tyler going with fauci 
to hang out with a pope. That, that's a yes. little strange. Okay. So this is the description of the event. Sorry, that kind of like personal aside is usually a patron 15 feature. So excuse us for getting off track. I try to discipline myself. So the CEOs of pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer and Moderna, okay, so the mRNA guys, have joined cardinals, academics, and the lead guitarist of Aerosmith in opening a unique Vatican conference on COVID-19 and other global health threats. And this is, this is what annoyed me about it. It, so it's typical like debunking where they said, like, we were addressing the issue that religious people have with vaccines. And I'm like, okay, yes, that it infiltrates the genetic, you know, it's not necessarily going to infiltrate the germline, like, gametes but you really don't know like if this is pretty experimental the mrna the gene transduction gene induction stuff all of that stuff has a genetic component you've got mrna that's a messenger it creates something you know if it's if you don't understand perfectly how it works and there is no way a human being at this point can you don't know if it's going to have a longer term impact on the organism if that organism in the future reproduces. So I'm going to say the gene stuff is outside of the way the Vatican approaches things. They don't allow IVF in vitro fertilization for several reasons. But instead, the vaccine issue that they addressed was the fact that and you can find this in like real main mainstream science literature some vaccines are grown in the cells of aborted fetuses now they say it was just a couple of aborted fetuses way back when i don't care they're human beings that's terrible thing to do to uh human cells and it doesn't matter they don't allow that but that's what Fauci's saying like this is not grown in aborted fetuses i'm like yes but it's a genetic thing it's gene therapy for a healthy person so i went back and it and oh actually what it said was the vatican has declared that all covid-19 vaccines are not only morally licit which means okay morally okay but that people have a moral responsibility to get the jabs to protect others can you believe that so that is saying that there's yeah. a moral responsibility for healthy people to get gene therapy to protect others that is that is absolutely against anything that the Vatican would ever do. I have one yeah. more thing, but go ahead. And that's part of the reason why Steve Tyler's there, because he's the front man of a popular band. And as a cultural leader with influence, part of his propaganda role is to create that moral, that sense of moral duty when he goes out and tours. So he's going to be probably filtering this type of stuff. Which through, is... Like, yeah, hilarious because rock stars were pushing drugs 40 years ago. Right. Maybe yeah. even him. Like they were a poster child for do more drugs, I mean, which was a CIA operation. Yeah, they did just release a new song. I don't song. know about him. I shouldn't say that. Aerosmith did release a new song. It's a play on one of their old ones. It's Love in an Elevator, only after you get the jab. No way. I'm just kidding. I made that oh up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Cindy Crawford was also there. Oh, uh, no. Sorry, but it was virtual. It was virtual. Okay. I was looking for the videos. I thought maybe, they, well, if you can find them, I could not find them, but maybe you could. So, so I want to read from, oh, what the hell was it called? Domine Patrier or something. Dang it. Dag nabbit. I can't remember. The Vatican has a, an encyclical out called Dignitas Personae, and it's about IVF. It's from some years ago, not super, super long ago. But I just want to read a passage from that and... 
I would say that if you that reading this would say you do not give gene therapy to a healthy person. Okay, here's what it says. This is from the Vatican from before this was an issue. Procedures used on somatic cells for strictly therapeutic purposes are in principle morally licit. Okay, so that means it's okay if it's not the genome. Now, I'm going to skip a bunch. Uh, Okay, such actions seek to restore the normal genetic configuration of the patient or counter damage caused by genetic anomalies or those related to other pathologies. Okay, so if you're sick or, or abnormal genetically, you can use certain gene therapies under certain circumstances. There's another quote. Given that gene therapy can involve significant risks for the patient, the ethical principle must be observed according to which, in order to proceed to a therapeutic intervention, it's necessary to establish beforehand that the person being treated will not be exposed to risks to his health or physical integrity, which are excessive or disproportionate to the gravity of the pathology for which a cure is sought. The informed consent of the patient or his legitimate representative is also required. So we don't have informed consent. We do not have all the information. We are being coerced. And with the case of children 12 to 17, there is a risk of death from the vaccine and and there is virtually no risk of death from the COVID itself from what I have read. I can stand to be corrected, but my layman's reading of this stuff is that the Vatican is off base here. The first thing that I noticed when I read through the Pfizer trial documents, the coronavirus vaccine trial documents, was the informed consent. I'm, I was reading it and my thought was, this is not at all conform, informed consent. They're giving people this vaccine and they're not, they're not having them tell them if they have an allergic reaction. They're just discovering it after. So it seemed very ethically questionable. I believe in one of the articles I was reading about this conference, it said it made it a lot easier to make this argument since it's been approved by the FDA. Oh my gosh! And just the other day, they were saying that that didn't happen. They yeah, it's made those misinformed. Claims. It's misinformed consent. That's literally what this is. It's misinformed <laughs> consent. I'm yeah. horrified by it. But yeah. in order to elevate us back to where we need to be, I'm going to do a couple of shout-outs. All right. Okay. So thank you, Matthew R, for becoming a patron, and thank you, Jim. Jim is he's one of our our like four or five JJs. I think we have at least five JJs. Yeah. And Jim is it may he's one he's either the first or he's one of the first two. I have met Jim more than once. We see him at the Zoom parties. He's a lovely guy. I really, really love this guy. We're the podcast for JJs. I think. Yes. If you know anyone whose initials are JJ. Just tell them that we're the JJ podcast. You haven't heard of the JJ podcast? So actually there is a JJ who has the podcast, the Blackbird podcast. That's a shout out for another day though. And he's also a patron and we've been on his show. So Jim says, hey guys, been really liking the swap casts. It's just a great way to maximize exposure. And I sure have enjoyed and follow most of the, of the, podcast you swap with to me the most entertaining and informative was the Rhodes pill with the history homies it's giving it's really the history homos which is so funny because i totally thought that uh like um they were in the same 
vain as the fag cast, but you'll have to talk to them about the origin of their name. Anyway, he wants to give the History Homos a shout out. He loves them. And we're going to do, I'm going to do one. Oh, they asked me to do a very specific question. My question is this. Why did the Enlightenment happen at all? And why specifically in Europe? So they invited me on to hopefully they're going to answer the question because I don't know the answer. I'll have to do some homework. I hate ones that let's call it history homework because (laughs) I can't, I have this like the most labor intensive guesting anyway. So look for that in our next newsletter though. I'll, I'll give you a link to our, uh, my next thing with them, but we did one with them last month, which is in the last newsletter. So thank you, Jim, for giving some love to people we love. And with that on with the patron 15. All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to our extra content that we drop every time we drop a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to y'all next week or in patron 15. Well, tomorrow. No, no. Tomorrow we have an interview. Yes. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sorry. Next week. Goodbye. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day. 